indeed father god we thank you that the war is won we thank you lord jesus that you've gained us the victory you've given us the power of the holy spirit you've kept us in your word you've kept us through your promises you've not left us nor forsaken us and lord we thank you that even in the midst of all that's being done there's yet much to do in terms of abiding in you and and doing what you did doing what you said to do heal the sick cleanse the lepers so father god Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. Let us lay down and set aside everything, the sin that so in, uh, continually hinders us and run with patience and endurance the race that is set before us, Father God, uh, as we walk this walk and follow you. And Father, we ask for divine protection, instruction, revelation, victories, and answers to prayer over uh, over all of us, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you know, last week we talked about uh, how to follow Jesus. What does it look like? How, do, how to follow Jesus? And we came up with two things. Number one, it's to believe what he said, and then secondly, to do what he did. So today we're going to be talking about doing what he did. And the doing, the doing. Yeah, even though we talk a lot about being and not doing, this is, this is the, 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 the doing that comes out of the abiding Exactly. This isn't behavior that we try to do to earn brownie points for God. We don't do to be, we be and we do. We be and out of being we do and abide. So yeah, yeah so, so go ahead. John fourteen twelve. Now this is this is a statement that seems to blow a lot of us away. Uh, John fourteen twelve. Most assuredly I mm-hmm. say to you, he who believes in me, do you believe in him? The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Then he asks, he adds here, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So it's got prayer is an important aspect of this. Mm-hmm. And but he says, uh, if you believe in him, we're going to be doing the same kinds of things. Now it's not something that it's done in our own power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, okay, I've got, you know, but he's given us two things. He's given us authority. He said, all authority has, is given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father mm-hmm. and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So that's one thing he told Matthew them to 28, do. Matthew 28, 18 Make to disciples, so he preach says, the gospel make to the disciples. What did Jesus do? He came not to seek and to save that which was lost. He said to the four fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, come after me. I will make you to become fishers of men. In other words, be my disciple, be my follower. Mm-hmm. And so, well, uh, in this in this verse that you just read, this overwhelming, challenging, amazing verse in fourteen twelve of John, um, you know, greater works than these shall you do because they go to my Father. You can't even believe what greater works those might be because, I mean, wasn't it astonishing enough that he raised the dead and gave sight to the blind and and then he says, whoever what are when whatever you ask in my name. So what did Jesus do? He asked. He asked the Father, he gave thanks, and he, you know, when he was multiplying the bread, he lifted his eyes to heaven and he gave thanks. He, and 
what was in that look, what was in that little prayer of thanksgiving was the power to multiply that bread. Uh, and so when we, when we're asking, and a lot of times I think our problem is we pray and we don't get the answers right away. And so we get discouraged and we go away and get mad and give up, uh, and lose heart, lose faith in God. He says, if you love me, now, no, he asked, that was one thing he did. He said, now, if you need something, ask me. He didn't say beg. He didn't say, you know, do all kinds of penance and cut yourself with knives like the, the, the false prophets did. He says, ask. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So what was that commandment? So this in 34, um, 1334 of John, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the, the bottom line end days uh, true test of a believer is if they have love for one another because in this time, now Satan is trying to bite, divide, devour, twist, uh, set up oppositions, contentions, strifes, bitternesses, um, accusations, judgments, uh, hurts, uh, resentments, all kinds of bitter root judgments against uh, us, against one another. So the commandment to do what Jesus did would be to love one another. That's that's a miracle in itself. And when you come in that place of that disposition of loving, preferring the other person, re- really willing to lay down your life and, and, and not taking up offenses, not getting defensive, not believing lies about yourself, not hating them, not hating yourself, but trusting and believing in the goodness of God, then we'll be able to do what Jesus did, which we said was to love one another and keep my commandments. What you just read is what exactly what Jesus did. I, I know. All right. And so... So, and out of that love came the doing of going to the the preaching the gospel to the ends of the world and and healing the sick. But it all starts and comes out of love, because love heals us. Truth sets us free, but love really heals us. So when Jesus had saw these people broken, like the guy thirty four years in the pool of Bethesda, he had compassion upon them, and and and, in the woman, you know, with the eighteen years uh, bowed down and the issues of blood and all these things, he had compassion on them. And it is your compassion. I believe for that person, the love for the your compassion that and love for the, that triggers the power and the, the authority that triggers the miracles. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Because because you're doing what Jesus did. And it's interesting when John, who who wrote what <laughs> under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what we just read, John fourteen twelve, greater works than these, so we do he do we do because he goes to the Father and the Holy Spirit is in us. That is the Holy Spirit that's in us now. We're talking about greater works. At the last verse in John twenty one twenty five. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking ahead. Well, I was looking back a little bit, but anyway, let's let's just look at verse twenty five. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books. That would be written. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, okay, he said, I've just included some of these. He said, I've conclude, included some of these that you might believe. Mm-hmm. That's that, well, that He gave these recordings of these miracles and all right. this teaching that people might believe well, going, on the Lord Jesus Christ. So you've got, go ahead. Well, so, so going back to what you said, greater works than these shall you do. We always think of the greater works like, wow, the, the blind seeing, the lame walking, the deaf hearing. We, and you know, those are pretty awesome miracles. They are really greater works. I mean, there, there's no, no question of that. 
But there's also a lot of other greater works that uh, are, are overlooked. Like, for example, being able to forgive someone who's wounded you, ripped you off tr- tremendously. Maybe even they, they killed your child. Whatever that would all look like, releasing them from your bitterness, your judgment. That is a greater work. That is a work of love. That's a work of forgiveness. And, and, and another greater work would be discerning what's going on in your church, in your situation, with your, with your, in your company, in your, your office, your, your marriage. Discerning the works of the evil one. That's a greater work because a lot of people get swept up, sucked up into the lies, the plots, the evil plans of witchcraft and Jezebel and everything else. And they never have the wisdom to counsel anybody, to warn anybody else or to take authority. Another greater work he's, I, I, where he said, um, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, um, you know, to stand and having done all to stand or to, to, to tear down strongholds. Um, this is for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he says, taking captive every thought, making subject to the obedience of Christ. Now that's a greater work. Mm-hmm. When you can bind that demon, that raging spirit of fear and panic and terror inside of you, that is wanting you to freak out, flip out, you know, kill yourself, jump off the bridge, whatever it's trying to do. It is that demon is manifesting its personality, its impulses, its terror in you and getting you to believe that that's you. You have to cut that off with the sword of God's word. That's a greater work. You say, no, you're not going to manifest your, your addictions, your cravings, your, your, your perversions, your whatever in and through my body. No, you are not. Now the, the, the enemy still tries to do this even in believers, just because you're a believer doesn't mean the enemy gives up on you. He actually puts on more pressure and pulls out more um, of the, you know, he just goes all, all full speed ahead to try to um, discourage us. So these greater works, forgiveness, loving, um, you know, not being offended, not getting off- defensive, letting God set you free in the, in the context of that freedom that you already walk in. I mean, more and more freedom to reveal to us the power of, of his love. And so then when we start loving and forgiving, I believe we're going to see the miracles, the power gifts of, of miracles, healings, and faith. Yeah, when when you're talking about the greater works, I mean, how how can you do something greater than what Jesus did? Mm-hmm. You, you you couldn't do it. I mean, these are the greatest mm-hmm. works, right? That he did. Well, raising the dead—that's yeah, probably I the mean, top of the line, right that, there. That's 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 fine, you know. But all these kinds of things, it's like. So we're going to do, but some, a greater work, honey, raising the dead from the dead, the death of of death sin and, of and sin, just, yeah, yeah, pulling the, them into the, the life, of the gospel, yeah, the resurrection life. Of Jesus. That's a greater work. Yeah. Another thing too is that greater is, you know, it's not greater in quality; it's greater in quantity. Also, because of the Holy Spirit that lives in each true believer, the power of God, the power of these miracles, these 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 gifts of the spirit mm-hmm. um well another the, thing. the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faithfulness meekness self control all those this is the fruit of the spirit this is the the spirit of of Christ the mm-hmm. spirit of Jesus that's uh, being expressed through us and then all these various gifts uh, miracles faith prophecy tongues interpretation of tongues being uh, relevant in the spiritual helps, world right administration, now. Right. All these, there's many other, Binding, you know, apostles, loosing, prophets, yeah. evangelists, <laughs> pastors, and teachers. All these 
are, are, are the manifestation gifts of the Spirit, the Spirit of God that is working through mm-hmm. His people. And, and it's interesting, too, when, um, you know, at the first chapter of Acts, it's written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by Luke, the beloved physician. And he said, he says, um, the former th- account I made, O Theophilus, the former account refers to the Gospel of Luke. All right? Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day he was taken up after that. He, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. And so he's saying, okay, in the book of Luke, I wrote what Jesus began to do. This was a beginning. Yes, it was a fulfillment, you know, because John 19.30, we know it was finished. It was a fulfillment of the prophecies about what the the Savior would do. But then he's saying in, in the book of Acts now, where the manifestations of the mm-hmm. Spirit, the manifestations of Jesus Christ, the miracles, the healings, the deliverances, all that stuff came. This is what Jesus is continuing to do. Yeah, that was it's the like, record of the, it's of the like great the works. It's like the idea, well, we, some people say, well, the day of miracles are over now. We have, we have medical stuff and all this stuff going on. But no, no, he said, it's, he said, the Holy Spirit has been given to this generation, to all who are far off, to all who the Lord shall call. And so the manifestation of the, what Jesus did, those greater works are being manifested now. We see them in the, yes. through the apostles, through mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, through other believers there in the book of Acts, and then we see the same thing happening now. So, well, we see also when we're looking at works. I think we just think about the miracles and the works and the, the run-ins yeah. with the devil, which basically we have a lot of. But also in Matthew ten, where he's talking about you know preaching the gospel, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. We think of those as greater works, but also the greater work. What Jesus did was suffer. He taught us how to suffer. He said in um, ten nineteen of Matthew, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about what you should speak or what, for it will be given to you in that hour, what you should speak for. It is not you who speak, but the spirit of the father who speaks through you. So this is a greater work speaking the spirit of the father in those very difficult situations before the judges, the magistrates, the, 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 the haters, uh, whatever they all are that are accusing you, the, the spirit of witchcraft that comes against you, greater works, he says, um, and you will be hated by all men for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. This is a greater work, enduring to the end, uh, what he said. They will persecute you, and, and you know we need to do some, maybe some fleeing, some standing and fleeing and running and sta- whatever it all is, what that's required. He says, the disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. So this is what we're talking about. The greater works, the suffering of Jesus, the faithfulness of Jesus, the completion of the work he did, uh, being brave and courageous to go to the cross and believe the Father. Um, We're going to um, follow Jesus. They're going to call us demons like they did him. Um, But he says, don't fear them. For there's nothing covered that's not going to be revealed. Nothing hidden out there. Nothing Satan's got plotted and planned that isn't going to be exposed. And so the greater works of Jesus are the spirit of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, coming on the scene of today's issues, calamities, situations, hidden works of darkness. And for you and I, 
to be able to bind and to loose. Binding means I forbid it. I forbid this spirit, this plan, plot of the enemy to go forward. Loosing means I permit. So you're permitting the will and purposes of God. So we are doing the greater works of, of Jesus by just being on site, on, on the scene, and, and giving our words, to declaring the work and purposes of the Father in a situation without being afraid. And this is, this is the expression of greater works. It, it's done, these works are to be done through every believer. Yes. The works of Jesus, the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Um, Whether with, it's suffering or standing. The, yeah, the manifestation of the Spirit of God is the manifestation of Jesus to people mm-hmm. uh, all, all around in us. In a certain so situation. This is, this is greater because... Whatever the will of God is in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is what God has called us to do here. And so it's not just a matter Be of a, a certain uh, elite of, of people, because there's all these, we mentioned yeah. all, all these various yeah. gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, it's... And yeah. so there's... there's no, a, he's no respecter of there's persons. There's manifestations that are important. It might be, you know, um, serving someone. It, um, you know, Jerry... It, serving it, in, a, in a low capacity. You know, but you know up, what we... Cleaning up somebody's bathroom. But you know what? That's great. That's a great thing. That's a greater thing if you're doing it with the right attitude. We have given this idea that there's elites, there's better, some, you know, higher categories of service to God than others. And Jesus said, no, no, don't forget the gal who gives the cup of cold water and ties the the, the tennis shoe and and wipes the snotty nose. Don't forget about those are also greater works. If they're done in the spirit of Christ Jesus, they're, they're just as valuable as you laying hands on a dead corpse and raising from the dead. We, we kind of think of these things in terms of, of, magnitude. I don't believe God looks at it quite like that. You remember the widow's mite. She gave as much as the guy who put in, you know, a whole she bunch. She gave more. She, she gave, gave more. more than yeah. anybody. And so don't despise those little things that you say, well, I'm not doing greater works because I just sit in the back of the church and I just, you know, I just knit prayer shawls or I just pray for the poor or or I just, you know, give a smile to the to this one or that. You that is a greater work. And then on the other side of that same coin, you have power to pray and make intercession and bind and loose and forgive and, and declare. And so there's a lot of spiritual work that we do that doesn't become very apparent in the, in, in the beginning. Um, it doesn't look like you're raising someone from the dead, but you may have just turned a whole event that was scheduled by Satan to destroy and wipe out a city. You may have just made the stand in, in the gap to make the intercession for that whole plan to be to fall to the ground because God only needs one person to make that intercession. You know, he likes a nation if my people who are called by my name. He likes all that stuff. But he has had many times a Moses or a Noah or a, or a, a, a Jeremiah, one guy who's going to stand in the gap. And so that one guy can be you. And you don't have to be noticed to, to get it done. you just noticed by God, but not necessarily noticed by the the world and the people around you. John fourteen thirteen and whatever you ask mm. in my name, that's you. I love it. He's talking to his disciples, yeah, his apostles, but he's talking to you here today. Whatever you, whatever I ask in the name of Jesus, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified. So there's there it is in the Son. So mm-hmm. a lot of this works, works of Jesus. Mm-hmm. are released through our prayers. And our, our job to, to be like Jesus is to glorify Jesus. And Jesus' job is to glorify the Father. So when we glorify Jesus, 
that the Holy Spirit's using, you know, glorifying the the Lord, and He's and and we're ultimately glorifying and acknowledging and praising and worshiping and agreeing with the Father in His plan here. And and you know, asking whatever you ask in my name, I this is prayer is probably one of the most difficult, slippery slopes, difficult battles, and yet we're asked to pray and told to pray and taught to pray. You know, you know, our Father who art in heaven. Where all of these things, and yet the people who pray are the ones who are really in the trenches. And when you're in the trenches, in the front line, you know, battling for someone's life, battling for a situation to change, battling for a breakthrough, the the enemy is going to battle you in your mind, hopelessness, despair. What does it look like? It's never going to work. Who do you think you are? God doesn't hear prayers. And all of these, this is the war that goes on inside of the soul. And this is where, you know, great things happen and where things fail. Because if you are taken out by the the lie, it, it's never going to work. It's never going to happen. I prayed this a hundred times before. And these are big, powerful arguments Satan uses. Well, everybody else has been praying. Nothing's been happening. You prayed. Look at last time. It didn't work. She died, blah, blah, blah. You know, all of this stuff. This These are arguments Satan is making in your mind to shut down your authority to bind and loose and forbid. Oh, he's dying in the hospital. You know, everybody's giving him up. They're going to unplug him, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, if, if it's, if you want to go with that, it's going to happen. But if you, if you're feeling God says, no, we want to, I want somebody to stand in the gap and say, no, I, I rebuke the spirit of death. I command you to leave that room. If the spirit of God is imp- impressing you to do that, you don't have to be in that hospital room to do that. You can start to forbid that spirit of death. I think some of you are at that place right now. There's your loved one is being, um, there's a spirit of death that wants to come into that room, whether it's a hospital room, a hospice room, whatever it is. And Satan wants to come in there with death and everybody's given up and oh, well, he's just, you know, and yet it is not that man's time to die. I tell you, and it is a man I'm talking about here and I don't know who you are, but there is someone you are, you, you got, God is calling you to stand in the gap and all you have to do, you don't even have to go there. I mean, everybody's sort of standing around waiting for him to die. I don't know what the health issue is. It's probably some sort of a health issue. Um, you can say you rebuke the spirit of death and I'll agree with you right now. He says, if to agree, mm-hmm. I rebuke that spirit of death that it cannot come into the room. It cannot take that man out. It cannot take his life because he, because Satan wants to cut off his life because this man still has stuff to do for God. And so I agree with you that the spirit of death is rebuked, that he mu- that it must be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind it. I forbid that plan of the enemy. And I loose the plan in favor of God to bring this man up from the grave, so to speak, up from the deathbed into the fullness of a new life in Christ. And this is not hard for God to do. This man may have been on this be- deathbed for some time, but I believe that you stand, and I agree with you, that he will not die, but he will live to, to do the works and, and the declare the glory of God. It is done in Jesus' name. Yeah, we receive it in the name of Jesus. Now there's, in the book of Acts, uh, chapters three and four, we have the account of the man that was lame from his mother's womb. Yeah. You know, basically born lame, Mm -hmm. and he sat at the, outside the temple begging, and uh, he was healed. Peter and John looked at him. They said, hey, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the mm-hmm. name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And, you know, I bet you they saw him there a lot of times when they went to the temple because that's where he sat to beg. That's a good begging spot. Mm-hmm. They could not not see him. I'm sure they'd seen him before. And they probably said, wow, this man, is, he's been crippled forever. And Jesus went by, probably went by him one, a lot well, of times have. too. 
Maybe. And he's, maybe prob- not. he's probably, he, he could have thought, you know, well, I'm going to leave this to my boys. I don't know what he thought. Maybe he saw, maybe he didn't. But I know Peter and John, they they weren't uh, uh, struck down or stupefied or astonished or afraid to reach out and reach out the hand. He reached out. I think it was his right hand, Peter did. Yep. And he gave it to the Lifted man. He, so he, he, that was Peter's act of faith. I'm going to step out. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to stay. I'm going to say, stand up or be healed or whatever he said. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give you thee. And you know, this is part of the greater works too, is taking that step of faith. And we say, well, what if it doesn't work? What if I look stupid? Who are you? You're dead. What does it matter what it looks like? You did what God said to do, and you had more courage to do that than the person who stood around and didn't do anything. And it's not you doing the healing anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the power of the Lord. And this is where we walk. And here's the deal. Walking in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He will prompt you to do these things. And he will give you the, the inspiration and the kind of the knowing, like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is the right thing to do. And it's, it's it, you have a peace there. It's not a double-mindedness. You're not wondering and confused. You just got, got this peace, but the Holy Spirit gives you peace. Now, the devil will try to set up an obstacle or a, a barricade in your mind, say, oh, what are they going to say? This isn't going to work. But you blow that off, turn that away, shut that down, and walk in the Spirit. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit means you walk in the Spirit. That means you walk in the direction of the Holy Spirit as he's speaking and prompting your spirit. First Corinthians 2, 9-11 through 11 says, For what man knows not thinks and feels and tries to figure it out. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? But God has revealed those things to us by his Holy Spirit that we might know. So uh, Paul is talking about walking in the spirit, um, you know, you know, you know, walking in the spirit. So that means I am going to abide and listen to and, and follow the instruction of the spirit of God that is prompting and speaking to my spirit. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner rooms of the heart, Proverbs twenty twenty seven. So when you got saved, that candle got lit, and now it's activated. So God's spirit can speak to your spirit, your spirit man, so that you can be directed by his spirit to do the greater works. And after this man was healed, Peter and John were arrested, and then they had opportunity to preach the gospel to the Sanhedrin, which would be like the... That was am- amazing what happened. They were arrested, and then... To... Yeah, it, it would be like speaking to the Senate, yeah. to the House okay. of Representatives. we're in trouble or, now. And, and the religious council. We're going to the Congress, okay. You know, the World Council of Churches or whatever. Oh. But anyway, and they, verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John... Mm-hmm. and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with, with Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. So there you go. There That's was a the key. boldness preaching the gospel. He said, Peter said, concluded his message, says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among Amen. men by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. And it says, and seeing, they realize, okay, they've been with Jesus. They they're they're they've been with him. You know, you can with your kids sometimes you can tell who are your kids have been with by the way they act. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been with good people, they're acting pretty good, and if they've been with rotten rotten people, <laughs> they're gonna act kinda rotten. But verse fourteen it says, And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. There was a proof these guys have been with jesus that's right and the proof of the pudding is in the eating and they said hey well there's a miracle here and they 
they tried to deny it, but they couldn't deny it. And and this is actually an answer to Jesus's own prayer, prophetic prayer that he prayed in John seventeen six when he said, "I have manifested your name to these men." He's talking again. This is at the Last Supper, to the men whom you have given me out of the world, men and women, by the way. Uh, they were they were yours. You gave them to me, and I have kept them. I, and they have kept your word. Now, now they have known that all things which I have, which you have given me, are from you, for I have given to them the words which you gave have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those who you have given me, for they are yours. And all of mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I no longer am in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Um, So he wants us to know that we're in the world. He's kept us in his name, that we might glorify him. And he says none of them are lost. So the thing is, we are... Their, their job really is to, to continue the works of Jesus, continue doing the works of Jesus, greater works, more in number, maybe more in quantity, quality, that to, to, to do stand in having done all to stand, to um, withstand in the evil day, to hold our ground. That's why, why he keeps saying in Ephesians, we wrestle uh, not against flesh and blood principalities, but he says stand in having done all to stand in the evil day. So that means you're holding your ground. Jesus gained the ground. Jesus drove that stake in through the cross, and it, that began to be the resurrection, redemption, rescuing of the world. And he wants us to stand in this evil day, maintaining, abiding, declaring the works of Christ uh, to, to go in and through the whole world because it didn't. the whole world wasn't present on the day of the crucifixion, resurrection. And so he wants us to stand and, and declare the works and the power of God. He says, um, and you know, in that, that there's going to be a lot of warfare. There's a spiritual war. We wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against those. And that's why we don't fight against one another because that's flesh and blood. We're not each other's enemies. The principalities are stirring us up to fight against one another. We're pretty aware of that. The powers have come in to create an atmosphere of bitterness, hatred, contempt, confusion, deception, wokeism, whatever, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then he says, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with gospel of truth, of peace, and above all, the helmet taking the shield of faith uh, to quench the fiery darts and the helmet of salvation. So we're dressed up in the armor, and you don't have to take that armor off because it stays on, by the way. And so, but but the point is, we're doing, we're going forward like Peter and and, and Paul and John, going forth by faith, believing, standing, withstanding, declaring, abiding, binding, loosing, uh, uh, releasing the power and the revelation of, for, of God for the glory of God. Because when you and I stand and do what he said, greater, we are actually glorifying God. That brings glory to God, honor to his name. We're, we're confirming his work in the midst of us. And so what we're actually doing here on this earth is we're, we're continuing to hold, stand, 
maintain the principles of the kingdom of God on this earth. We are here holding and, and uh, supporting and sustaining and declaring uh, the, the principles of the kingdom of God as Jesus left them, gave them to us and left us in kind of in charge of this precious treasure. He's given us the authority and the ability. Yep. The ability comes from the 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 authority comes from Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and yep. earth. Mm-hmm. The ability comes from the Holy Spirit, and He says in John um, Matthew chapter ten verses seven and eight, He said, "And as you go, mm-hmm. preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right in front of you. Come into the kingdom. Yep. The kingdom is advancing." <laughs> And the kingdom wants to invest in you. The kingdom of God is within you, he said. The kingdom of heaven, uh, John four, uh, Romans fourteen seventeen. the kingdom of heaven is not food and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And he said, and again, John, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Mm-hmm. Freely you have received, freely Give. And he said, "Behold, I give you the authority, as Jerry said, to trample on serpents and scorpions. This is these are the powers of darkness, the spirits of intimidation, the spirits of deception, and over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this." He said that the spirits are subject to you. So that's one of the greater works. Um, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. First things first, we are saved. Our names are written in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're on God's side and God's team and God's army and God's family. And now we are, this is temporary people. This war down here is not going to go on forever. It will go on maybe for the rest of your human life on this planet, but we are eternal beings. And this is just the beginning. This is just a tiny little boot camp experience. This is the testing grounds, the snake pit, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it is the place where we are, uh, we're saved, set free, and and privileged to work with God in His in His job of of saving the world, saving whosoever will. So, Father, we thank you again for these privileges to do what Jesus did, and there's so many things He did, and so we encourage each one as we encourage ourselves to read the Word of God, get to know Jesus, how He acted, what He did, how He reacted, what He said. We just thank you, Jesus, for your example, for your testimony, for your Holy Spirit, for the deposit of your word and your spirit in us to keep us to do, cause us to do the things that please you and glorify the Father. Thank you, yes, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord God. Empower us, Lord. You've, you've sent your spirit within us, not just, spirit is within us, not just to hang out there with us, but to be expressed. To become alive. That, that we will, Lord, each of us will be the expression of the true expression, oh, the yeah. true of Jesus Christ to the world, the true, um, how can I say it, the true um, manifestation, the true um, representatives Rebels. Rebels. of Jesus here on earth. And then that when, you know, the old saying, when people see us, that they will be able to see something of Jesus, a lot of Jesus, more and more of Jesus in us. And and in Christ in you, Paul said, is the hope of glory. So Lord, let let uh, let us let him out, in into the, into this world. Help us, Lord, to do our part to help others become followers of Jesus and to express His life as well. And we thank this Father. Thank you for this Father in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we thank you, Lord God, that you would encourage each one. Uh, we encourage you all to be encouraged in Jesus. Read the Bible, 
And you can also find a lot of help and encouragement at our website, liferecovery.com, which has a lot to do with spiritual warfare. There's so much out there, I can't even think of what to all tell you. You might check out the the the, uh, the MP3, the paradigm of spiritual warfare, to understand how the war is going, uh, or why can't I concentrate, which is about the deaf and dumb spirit, or you know, walking in the spirit, which obviously is what we've been talking about today, all MP3s. We encourage you, get yourself, um, and then tell other people about Rescue Radio. <clears throat> it's a go- it's a good <laughs> weekly sermonette for you, if you will. So you want a sermon or a message or an encouragement. So Father God, again, bless each one. Cause us to all come together to do that one thing you said to do, which is to love one another. And they will know that we are your disciples. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.